there has been a ton of focus on sleep in the media recently, over the recent years. And uh, so many of us are aware of the close connections between sleep habits and overall health. Uh, In fact, here is a good list of some of them. And you can find tons of information about this. We're not going to go through this. But there's lots of information you can find online. There's TED Talks about this, like over a dozen TED Talks on sleep and how it's related to various aspects of human health. Um, Somewhat unsurprisingly, the focus and attention on getting good sleep has, in some part of the population, done the exact opposite of the intention and added to people's anxiety about getting good sleep. There's even a diagnosis for this called orthosomnia, which is the overwhelming anxiety about getting the best sleep possible, which in turn prevents sleep. There is a lot to discuss about faith and spirituality and how it overlaps with sleep. And a ton of reflection has been done over centuries around sleep and spirituality. Uh, And that makes sense because we spend fully one-third of our lives sleeping. A third of our lives are spent sleeping. That's amazing. And so for something that takes up such an enormous part of human experience, it makes sense we'd want to be asking, how is God involved in sleep? How is sleep connected with the divine? So let's explore that. And I want to turn to a Bible story that's going to help us explore the connection between God and sleep. So this story is from the Gospels. Uh, It happens as Jesus' popularity as a rabbi and healer is growing quickly. He's got like 10 million followers on TikTok. He's got a YouTube channel. There's merchandise. It's wild. It's a movement. And after a long day of teaching and healing with loads of people and big crowds, Jesus and his disciples get in a boat, and they're going to go across the Sea of Galilee to be by themselves. They call it the Sea of Galilee— it's really more of a lake. It's a, it's a pretty big lake. It's not like the Great Lakes big, but it's decent size. You can actually look and see what it looks like today on this slide. So they're going to get in a boat, and they're going to go across to the other side of the lake. On that day, we'll pick it up in Mark 4. When evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, let us go across to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And the disciples woke him up and said to him, "'Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing?' And waking up, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Be silent, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. He said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? The main emphasis in this story is on the revelation that Jesus is one who commands the wind and the sea. 
The disciples are unprepared for this revelation. They know Jesus to be a charismatic rabbi teacher and healer, but power over the natural elements is something altogether different. And tucked nicely into this story is this delightful detail of Jesus asleep in the stern of the boat on the cushion while this raging storm is happening all around them. You may recall that at least four of the 12 disciples are fishermen. Okay? They've spent their entire lives on the Sea of Galilee, on this lake. They've known it their whole lives. They've always been around it. So we can trust their intuition and judgment about what constitutes a life-threatening storm. This is it. It's big. Waves are crashing in the boat. They're getting wet. They are freaked out. They're terrified. It's nighttime. It'd be, the visibility would be incredibly low. And they think they could die in this storm. This is it. And there's Jesus asleep on a cushion. There's another story that this echoes from the Bible, uh, the story of the prophet Jonah. Jonah also sleeps in the midst of a raging storm when everyone thinks they're going to die. Here's a cartoon version that I found, illustration, of Jonah being thrown overboard just before he's swallowed by a whale. Uh, He's actually swallowed by a fish in the story. Whale, fish, eh, okay. Uh, Yeah. And... uh, but according to the story of Jonah, Jonah is asleep because, on a boat after he flees. He's running away from what he believes God is calling him to do. So Jonah is sleeping the sleep of escape, the sleep of avoidance. He doesn't want to face reality. Jesus, on the other hand, is not fleeing or running away from anything. He's just asleep peacefully. He could be on a pleasant boat ride on a summer afternoon on Lake McBride. Wouldn't make a difference. He is unflappable. (laughs) And he seems almost annoyed to be awakened and have to deal with his disciples in this storm. Like, fine, I'll deal with it. It's just a storm. Chill. Where's your faith? I have to confess, I do not find this reassuring, (laughs) this moment. Um, Many have pointed out that this is what life can feel like, the life of faith, when we're facing something very difficult, very challenging, things are scary, it's dark, waves are crashing around us, and where's Jesus? Sleeping. Great. I mean, it makes sense when we think about it that Jesus isn't concerned about the giant storm around him, Um, but like we are, we are scared, and we wish that Jesus would just wake up and be with us or speak a word, and all shall be calm, all shall be still. The experience of God asleep when life is hard is a common image in the Bible. So here are a couple of prayers from the book of Psalms that get at this. Psalm 35. O Lord, 
Do not be silent. Do not be far from me. Wake up. Rouse yourself for my defense. Psalm 44. Rouse yourself. Why do you sleep, O Lord? Awake. Do not cast us off forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? These two poets share the disciples' experience. They get it. They get what it feels like when life is threatening, something big's going down, and uh, feels like God's asleep. Like, wake up, dude. We need something. Today, you and I don't really think in these terms. You know, we don't think about God as asleep. We're a little more, I don't know, theologically polished. Yes? We know God doesn't sleep. And, uh, and we can find this, that also in the Bible. So here's Psalm 121, okay? God will not, lo- will not let your foot be moved. The one who keeps you will not slumber. The one who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Ah, there we go. That's better theology. <laughs> God doesn't sleep or slumber, a word we don't use very often, but God's not doing it. This feels a lot more like what we're used to thinking, right? We kind of know this, like God doesn't sleep. God, in fact, according to this psalm, this is lovely. I mean, God is a God who is always awake, who is ever present to the needs of God's people. Humans sleep. God doesn't. God's always there. God's working always looking for ways to bless and to do good to human beings. This is a perspective that lines up really nicely with the ancient biblical perspective on time. And that is that the day begins when the sun goes down. It starts at night. In Genesis 1, uh, the creation poem, there's a repeated refrain that goes like this. And there was evening and there was morning. The first day. Listen to the order. And there was evening and there was morning. The second day. Every single day is marked by this refrain. Evening first, then morning. And the idea is that the day begins at night when human beings are asleep. This is really important theologically. Because what it means is that when you and I wake up, the day's half over, folks. We're late. (laughs) <laughs> and we're not late, actually, but we are waking up into a world that is going on quite well without us. We wake up into a world that is already abundant and fruitful, and we receive it. It's ours to steward, to take care of, to do well by, to do justice with what we receive. But it begins at night when God is at work and we wake up into gift, into grace, into abundance. So God doesn't sleep. But Jesus does. Back to our story. Here he is, the sleeping Jesus. 
He's so cute in this illustration. <laughs> Our sleeping Jesus. I love this. This is where we get into theological knots in Christianity. Jesus, according to Christian tradition, is God. But Jesus is also fully human. How do we bridge this? Well, we're working on it. But this is where we get stuck in the theology because no matter what Jesus does in relationship to sleep, he's not following one of the rules. Right? If he sleeps, he's not God. If he doesn't sleep, he ain't human. This is what uh, systems uh, theory and systems therapists call a double bind, by the way, uh, which is a rule you cannot possibly obey. It's very common in family relational systems, which we'll say that for another day. <laughs> but Jesus, it's a theological double bind here. And on top of that, no matter what Jesus does in this story, the disciples are terrified. When Jesus is sleeping, they're terrified. He seems like maybe callous or unconcerned. Do you not care that we are perishing, they ask him. Maybe he even seems too vulnerable, too human, too much like the rest of us. And then when Jesus wakes up, he calms the storm. Whoa, that's too much, too powerful, too God-like. And the disciples are terrified. What is a God-human to do? Can't win. It's hard being Jesus. What I'd like to suggest is that it's in the midst of this kind of paradox that we find the divine. Jesus sleeping is a perfect illustration of the union of the divine and the human. Sleep is very human. And sleep, it turns out, is also divine. God is at home in sleep and in all of its perfect vulnerability. Have you ever watched someone sleep? <laughs> Not in a creepy way. We've got to be careful with this one, right? Like we've watched, you watch a child asleep, uh, or a partner, or a friend, or a pet, right? Watching a pet sleep, that's the best. So fun. Um, you can go on YouTube and watch animals sleep. Awesome. Our family has... I've never done that. I, uh, someone, someone else told me. You can, you can do that. <laughs> Search history, delete. Our family has two budgies or parakeets now. Um, they are adorable when they sleep. It's so fun. It's better than Netflix. My wife and I will just stand and watch them sleep. And it is joy. It is bliss. We love it. And we do it because we can no longer watch our kids sleep who are teenagers. Because <laughs> that would be creepy. When our teenage boys, though, were babies, 
we just watch them sleep. Oh, so great. Our little ones asleep in our arms or in the bed, we'd dote on them. We would just study and study their perfect faces, their eyelids fluttering, their chest rising and falling with every breath. Every breath was holy. One of our kids began sucking his thumb to self-soothe, and he had this way of putting one finger across his cheek as he held his thumb in his mouth. (laughs) My God, perfect. Sleep is human, and sleep is divine. We sing about this every Christmas Eve. Uh, We have an entire song devoted to imagining the infant Jesus asleep. Silent night, holy night. All is calm, all is bright. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. This is a worship song to a sleeping human deity. Wow. And the question we can ask is, what is it doing in us as we sing that song and bring our devotion? And the answer is, it brings us into that divine reality. The infant sleeping Jesus is a portal to union with the divine. It also tells us that our own sleep can be a portal to the same kind of union, union with the divine. God is a God who enters into every aspect of human existence, including the most vulnerable aspects of our lives. When we sleep, we are unguarded, undefended. We are susceptible to whatever's happening around us. And that, that is where God is active. That is where God is pleased to dwell, to work, to live, entering into our unguardedness, where all is calm, all is bright, sleep in heavenly peace. This is the gift of sleep and we are invited to receive it and to practice it. Amen. I want to close inviting us into a prayer practice, uh, one that will not involve sleeping, though that'd be interesting. Uh, We can, however, enter a resting state when we pray. So I invite you to get comfortable in your chair And uh, you can close your eyes if you'd like or just shift your gaze to the floor. And we'll just start with some breathing. So take take a longer breath in and hold it for a moment. And then breathe out slowly. Take a longer breath in 
hold it for a moment, and breathe out slowly. Now, I invite you to imagine yourself asleep. So you can picture yourself asleep at home, if you'd like, or another place. It's up to you. Just imagine yourself peacefully sleeping. And some of you, instead of picturing that, will maybe just feel what that is, feeling the sensations of going to sleep or sleeping. And now imagine Jesus or God nearby you as you're sleeping. And they are there watching you like a loving parent in joy and in delight, watching their child asleep. You may have a feeling that God's presence is near, or maybe you're picturing Jesus in the room with you. There's God studying your perfect face. There's God watching your rising breath, watching your eyelids flutter. They are there smiling, looking lovingly on you. They place a hand gently on your shoulder to bless you. Blessing you with good things, with God's presence, with peace. Now you can stay in that resting state for a moment in God's presence. Or maybe you wish to wake up in that and ask God something or tell God something. You can go ahead and do that now. And now we can slowly come back to this place, this room, to the present. When you're ready, you can open your eyes and return to this room. Let me read a blessing prayer from the Bible that I often prayed over my own kids before bed. It's from number six. God bless you and keep you. God smile upon you and be gracious to you. God look lovingly upon you and give you peace.